On today's episode, Dominic Kubalik appears to be on his way out of Chicago with Anaheim, Edmonton, and Winnipeg being the three favorites at the moment to land the former 30 goal scorer. Then I'll also get into the latest updates on the goaltender market, which of course heavily impacts Marc-Andre Fleury's status right now in Chicago. And then to wrap things up, I'll also get into the Blackhawks kind of surprisingly sitting pretty heading into the final days until the NHL trade deadline. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, March 17th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you haven't gone and followed the podcast already, then please be sure to go and show some support. Go and follow the podcast. It'll literally take a quick click of the button. It'll help me out tremendously. Go leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing as well. And you can also leave me a review. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because every episode from here on out, folks, if you didn't get the memo already, each episode is going to have a video version to it now as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, 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 please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm nearing 100 subscribers, trying to get to 1,000. It'll help me out tremendously, folks. Uh, Go and smash the like button on this video as well. uh, And be sure to go turn on the notifications so you can be notified whenever the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And to kick things off today, folks, let's get into all the latest that we've heard in the past 24 hours on Blackhawks forward Dominic Kubalik, who, of course, uh, the Hawks have been rumored to be shopping for quite some time now. So wasn't really much of a surprise to hear yesterday from Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times, multi-time guest here, uh, multiple-time guest here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But Ben tweeted out yesterday uh, that the Blackhawks are currently making progress on a trade for Dominic Kubalik with Anaheim and Edmonton being the front runners to land the former 30 goal scorer and call their trophy finalist. In the last half a day or so, it's what time is it? It's about noon at the time of this recording. I kind of waited throughout the morning to see if anything was going to come with the Kubalik trade since uh, Ben Pope broke that news in the afternoon. Nothing has come just of yet, but I got my phone on me just in case something breaks while recording this episode. Um, But in the last couple of hours, Winnipeg has also uh, emerged into the conversation for Kubalik. And we've seen scouts, if you've paid attention at all, Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago before every game, he always tweets out a list of 
all the scouts that are in attendance for that night's Blackhawks game in both Anaheim uh, and Winnipeg have been in attendance at the UC uh, a handful of times over the past couple of weeks or maybe even a month now. Uh, likely, you know, taking a look at Kubalik and I'm sure several other Blackhawks players too. Um, but for Kubalik, there's plenty of reasons for the Blackhawks to be trading him at this point. I mean, it's been um, honestly just a, an abysmal season for him. He only's got uh, he only has 11 goals so far through the first 61 games, including uh, just one in his last 18. Um, so uh, I'm not so sure that's exactly going to be helping uh, the Blackhawks cause and maximizing a potential return for Dominic Kubalik. But I'll get into uh, a little more on that in just a little bit. Um, but not only is the goal scoring down for Dominic Kubalik this year, as I already said, he's only got 11 goals in 61 games. But he's also um, not getting nearly as many shots on goal off that he was in his first two NHL seasons. He's having more shots blocked. Seems like he whiffs on basically half of his opportunities. Uh, he's also not getting nearly the same amount of scoring chances that we're used to seeing from him. So uh, it's all been bad, quite frankly, for Dominic Kubalik. And with the Blackhawks, another thing that, um, another important detail and why the Blackhawks are likely trying to move on from him is because they would have to give him at least a $4 million qualifying offer in the offseason based on what we've seen from him this season. Um, he just simply hasn't proved that he's worth that amount of money. And also, considering the direction that the Blackhawks franchise is heading in, uh, going back into a rebuild, not likely going to contend for the next three to five years or so, uh, Kubelik is already 26 years old, going on 27 at the start of next year. So it just wouldn't make all that much sense to keep him around and pay him that kind of money when you're not really sure what he is. And also, he's likely going to be in his 30s when the Blackhawks are relevant again. So uh, for many different reasons, it makes plenty of sense for the Blackhawks to be shopping Dominic Kubelik right now. And on the show yesterday, folks, I voiced my opinion on the chances of the Hawks netting a second round pick in return for Kubelik, which, of course, is what they're rumored to be wanting in exchange. Uh, I said I didn't think there was really any chance at all that Kubi would net a second round pick before the deadline. But then all of a sudden, yesterday, the market absolutely exploded in favor of the sellers. Uh, in particular, the deal that we saw between the Seattle Kraken and the Calgary Flames for uh, forward Cali Yarncrow. The Flames gave up a second round pick, a third round pick, and a seventh round pick to Seattle in order to get Cali Yarncrow. Now, they did retain 50% of his contract, which I'm sure played a heavy factor in that, but a second, a third, and a seventh for Cali Yarncrow. And to put this in perspective for all of you who are not that familiar with Yarncrow's game, um, this season, he's got 12 goals and 14 assists for 26 points in 49 games. And he's never really been much of an offensive weapon. He's never been a 20-goal scorer. Now, uh, he is far more versatile than Kubelik is. He can kind of play all three forward positions. He also has the ability to play on both the power play and the penalty kill. So he is a much different player. Um, but for Calgary to give up that much in exchange for, you know, likely a, a bottom six player 
uh, a depth piece to add to their roster, you know, that has to make you feel good about the chances of the Hawks getting at least a second for Kubalik at this point, and maybe even more uh, because of the Blackhawks' ability to retain some salary. So definitely some good news in the last 24 hours for the Blackhawks. I'll admit I was wrong. I didn't see this type of seller's market taking over. I thought there was no chance in hell that the Blackhawks would be getting a second-round pick for Dominic Kubalik, but uh, it seems like they could be getting even more than that, potentially. I'll keep my fingers crossed, uh, but it seems like the Blackhawks have a really good opportunity to maximize their return in exchange for Dominic Kubalik. All right, there are the latest updates on Kubalik's status in Chicago with Anaheim, Edmonton, and Winnipeg being the three most likely suitors at this point. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into some news on Marc-Andre Fleury and the goaltender market across the National Hockey League. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. Hopefully, you're still sticking to yours. And if yours happens to be about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Bilt Bar in your plan because right now, you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with coconut almond or double chocolate? Raspberry or mint brownie? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? These are real protein bar flavors, folks. They're all less than 200 calories and they taste so good. You'll actually want to eat them. They're going to help you stick to your resolution because either way you choose, these protein bars are so delicious. They're not chalky, waxy, or, or dry, uh, or even like other protein bars. It can sometimes just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two now today. I also had to be sure to get into Elliot Friedman's report on the current goaltender market across the NHL in his latest 32 thoughts column that he posted at like 11.30 p.m. last night, conveniently. Uh, and of course, the goaltender market uh, heavily affects the Chicago Blackhawks right now with Marc-Andre Fleury being potentially their largest trade ship with the deadline approaching. As I've talked about many of times on the show, uh, there are plenty of factors that go into Marc-Andre Fleury getting traded, which honestly, to me, uh, makes me feel like He's more than likely not going to be traded out of Chicago at this point. And also, the latest report that we heard from Friedman last night is that Edmonton, Colorado, and Minnesota are all now out of the market for a goaltender at this point. And those were like three of the most logical suitors. That Those were three places that made the most sense for Flurry to get traded to. You know, Colorado is a cup contender. They're an absolutely loaded roster. They've fallen short of their goal the last couple of years. You know, a guy like Nathan McKinnon, who's rumored to be an absolute psychopath, both with his diet and with his play on the ice. 
Uh, you know, he's going to be wanting to achieve the ultimate goal for the first time in his career. So that seemed, you know, to be a pretty good spot. I mean, if Flurry was going to be enticed by anything, it, it would seem like it would be the opportunity of winning another Stanley Cup, you would think. Uh, but now Colorado is out. Minnesota also, they've been struggling with their goaltender department lately. Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen have not been performing as well as they were earlier on in the season. Uh, and they also seem like a, a pretty good fit for Flower, especially uh, to potentially sign a contract extension, which is what he's wanting uh, to happen to the team if he's going to get traded. Um, you know, Minnesota is also a very competitive team. Sure, they're kind of slumping right now, but still a playoff team, still a Stanley Cup contender. That's, I feel like most people think they're a goaltender away from being far more competitive and being right there in the Western Conference. Uh, also, Minnesota is not that far away from Chicago. It's not close, but it's one of the closer spots that Fleury could get traded to. He could potentially leave his family in Chicago and travel back and forth. I don't know if that's what he'd want to do, but um, it seemed like Minnesota could potentially be a good fit, but now they're out as well. Uh, and then for Edmonton, um, I'm really confused what Edmonton is trying to do right now, honestly. Um, they, they seemed always like a long shot for Flurry, to be honest, with them being up in Canada and not a lot of players supposedly wanting to go into Canada right now because of their COVID restrictions. Um, but they could undoubtedly use a goaltender if they're trying to make a push for the postseason. But um, it seems like they've kind of, at least in Friedman's report, it seems like they've kind of come to this mindset where um, if they're still a goaltender away, you know, they may not, they might not be competitive enough to even make it with that addition. It might not be worth giving up assets when they're not even sure if that's going to be the missing piece. So it kind of sounds like Edmonton doesn't really know what direction they're heading in right now. Um, but now they're out of the goaltender market as well. So with that kind of being the latest news from Elliot Friedman yesterday, uh, it seems like Toronto is now the last team standing that would make sense to acquire Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, they're needing a goalie right now with Jack Campbell out with a rib injury. Peter Morazic has not looked very good, to put it nicely, uh, in his place as the starter. So Toronto did make, make sense for a couple of different reasons. Uh, but of course, Fleury would first have to want to go there in order uh, to be acquired by the Maple Leafs. We still don't know exactly what Fleury wants at this point. I don't know if we're ever going to learn what Fleury wants until the deadline passes. Um, but man, it's it's just not looking good. Toronto seems like the only place left for Flurry. Washington is in need of a goaltender, but there are some complications there with Flurry's history in Pittsburgh, um, and he potentially wanting to go back there to retire. Maybe I don't know. Um, doesn't sound like Pittsburgh's really in the market for a goaltender, but that could be an option in the off season for them. So it really seems like it's down to Toronto and man, would it be nice if Flurry was willing to go there to get another crack at the Stanley cup because the Blackhawks I've said it probably 87 million times on the show. They undoubtedly could use those assets moving forward throughout this rebuild, especially with the way the market is looking right now. It seems like Flurry would be a shoe in to get a first round pick. Um, so we'll see if uh, there's any rumors that pick up in the next couple of days about Toronto's interest in Flurry's uh and in, in Toronto's interest in Flurry or kind of what he wants to do himself um but if i had to guess folks with three of the primary suitors now being out of the goaltender market i do expect Mark Andre Flurry to remain in Chicago through Monday's trade deadline
All right, there are some thoughts on Marc-Andre Fleury's current status with the Chicago Blackhawks. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into the Hawks kind of surprisingly sitting pretty as we begin to head towards the weekend, just four days left until the NHL trade deadline. But first, real quick, I need to let you all know that on Monday, March 21st, this upcoming Monday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you got to be sure to tune into Lockdown Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from host Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone with appearances from yours truly, I'll be on the show, and many of our other local experts on Lockdown on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Plus, you can also catch my immediate reaction throughout the day to all the moves the Blackhawks make. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three now today, before I wrap things up, I also wanted to be sure to talk about how um, the Blackhawks, in my opinion, with the way things have been going so far in the past couple of days with the trades, I really think they need to seize the moment and take advantage of this being a seller's market right now across the NHL, not only with the Cali Yarncrow deal, which I already talked about, uh, but with a couple of other trades that we've seen so far, the Ben Chirot trade from Montreal to Florida, the Panthers gave up a first round pick, a fourth round pick, and a prospect in order to acquire Ben Chirot. Now, Montreal did retain 50% of his contract as well, but that's something the Blackhawks are also going to be able to do given their current situation. And then another deal we saw in the past couple of days. Colorado gave up a second round pick and a defenseman prospect, Drew Hellison, in exchange for uh, Ducks defenseman Josh Manson, with Anaheim also retaining 50% of his contract. So, with the Blackhawks, you know, being able, they're in this situation where they can help out other teams uh, due to their financial situation. With that being the case, this just seems like that seems like it's going to give them a massive advantage in order to maximize their returns for a couple of players that they have on the trade block. I already talked about it with Dominic Kubalik um, just yesterday, literally yesterday. I didn't think a second-round pick was going to be even possible, but now it almost seems like we could get a second-round pick and maybe something else with the Hawks' ability to take on some of that contract. And for Dylan Strom, I'm still stuck in between a rock and a hard place here. I've said I'm not aboard the trade Dylan Strom train, but it just kind of feels like the market is never going to be better for him. Not only with the recent surge that he's had in these past couple of months since given a real opportunity to succeed, um, but also just because what we've seen a forward like Callie Yarncrow go for already. I mean, if the Hawks could get a second and a third for Strom or a second and another solid prospect, prospect, I mean, I think you absolutely have to do it, right? Because look, while Dylan Strom has been great, and I still wouldn't mind seeing the Blackhawks keep him around for one more year if that's the route they go. Like I said, I'm in between a rock and a hard place, but um, the question here is, is Dylan Strom going to still be a top six piece three or five years down the road? Is he a first or second line center of the future for the Chicago Blackhawks? And look, it could happen, but if I if I had to guess, I just don't think 
it's all that likely. Like, is he still going to be a top six player in three to five years? Like, I, I just don't think that that's all that likely. So I do think uh, Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks, the market's never going to get better. I think they need to take advantage of this being a seller's market right now because you got to start thinking about the future. It's that time. And the way to do that is by acquiring as many prospects and future picks as possible. And there doesn't seem to be any better time to do that than right now. And also, the market for uh, veteran defensemen seems to be super high too, um, which should help the Blackhawks with current blue liner Calvin DeHaan. Uh, Also mentioned in Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts column last night, he said that there are still plenty of teams looking to add a veteran left-handed defenseman. Among the teams he mentioned were Boston, Carolina, Los Angeles, the New York Rangers, St. Louis, and Toronto. All of those teams appear to be in the market for a left-handed defenseman right now, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be all that difficult for Davidson to get a deal done for Calvin DeHaan. And if I had to imagine, um, I'd have to guess he's probably right now having multiple phone calls going on, um, probably just trying to figure out which team is going to give him the best offer for their veteran defenseman. So with the sellers appearing to have an advantage right now in the market, especially uh, with the the Blackhawks' ability to retain some salary in this COVID world, I really do think... My thoughts on this have changed literally in the last 24 hours, but I now think that the Blackhawks are in a pretty darn good spot uh, as we head into the final four days before the NHL trade deadline. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, March 17th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Go and subscribe. For free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for checking out the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.